Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 145. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hello there, my friend. Do I ever have a treat for you today? (laughs) I am seriously so excited for you. This is such a great episode. Please listen all the way through. I know it's a longer one than we normally have, but please listen all the way through. I decided to have some of my amazing physicians who've worked with me and lost weight with me come onto the podcast to talk about their experience in losing weight. Now, I do want to let you know that this was actually the idea of one of the group members. She actually asked if I could do more of these episodes. And I thought rather than picking and choosing people, I asked my clients who might be interested in coming on as a podcast guest to sort of like pitch me to come on the podcast to basically tell me why they thought that their story would be compelling to you, my listener why somebody would want to listen to them and what they'd like to talk about. And so a handful of these most amazing women put their hand up. They raised their hand. They said, yeah, I want to do it. And this is what I want to talk about. And this is why people will care. And I'm telling you what, (laughs) these are the best. They're so good. Now, we all love to hear someone's story, right? We all love to hear how they struggled, how they overcame their struggle, what they're still working on now, how things have changed for them. And that's exactly what you're going to hear today 
in my interview with Brenda Burns. She is an emergency room physician up in Canada. She is absolutely amazing. She has really dug in, but you know, I don't even want to spoil it because she tells you all about herself. (laughs) I'm just going to let her tell you. But I do want you to know that before she signed up for my program and worked with me in my coaching group, she actually was an avid podcast listener and she really got a lot out of this podcast. And I do just want to mention that, you know, yes, it's my program and I am guiding my clients, but I want you to listen to how Brenda describes how she showed up for herself, how she is the one who really decided that it was time to make a change in her life and exactly how she did that and how she continues to do that because she really is just a remarkable example of what's possible. And I know that you're going to be able to learn so much from her. So please enjoy my interview with Brenda Burns. Hi, Brenda. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi, Katrina. Thanks for having me. I am so excited. As we were just talking about, you're the first one to do this. So you're the brave first comer. I'm so excited for you. (laughs) I can't even believe I'm doing this. (laughs) We're going to have a great time. It's going to be good. (laughs) Okay. So I want to have you start off by telling us just a little bit about yourself, your background, where you live, what kind of physician you are, all that kind of stuff. Sounds good. So my name's Brenda. I am 40 years old. I just turned 40 this year. I actually live just outside Toronto, Canada. I am a full-time emergency physician working all shifts at all times of the day, even on Christmas. I've been married for 14 years and to the same person. (laughs) (laughs) We shouldn't make assumptions. That's great. (laughs) Same person, same guy. I have three children, two boys, eight and seven, and my daughter is five. We have a home and we have a two-year-old dog who adds a little bit of extra chaos to the life. (laughs) Right, definitely. (laughs) Uh, My husband's a stay-at-home dad, which is incredible. And yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, good. So what I would love for you to do now is to tell us a bit about kind of your past story with weight, like just your kind of your struggle from whenever it began to up until about the point where you kind of decide, okay, that's it, I'm going to handle it this time. So my struggle with weight has been my entire life. Both my mother and my grandmother were overweight. So from a very young age, I thought I was just destined to be overweight. And I remember at the age of seven, my mom telling me she has to shop at a big girl store to find clothes that'll fit me. And I don't really know what that meant. She wasn't being negative. She was just stating a fact. In grade four, I weighed over 100 pounds. And by the time I graduated from grade eight, I was 190 pounds at a five foot stature. So BMI, morbidly obese, right from the get go. Weight was always a struggle for me during high school, but I didn't really do any drastic measures. I was encouraged to watch what I eat. My parents always provided healthy food. Uh, But I found ways to sneak food. I worked in a fast food place um, as my part-time job. I had a stash of chocolate under my bed and another one in my closet. I'd trade my brother's Halloween candy. They got the gum. I got the chocolate. (laughs) Uh, There's lots of memories like that. Yeah, both my brothers are normal weight individuals. But right from the start, I knew that I shouldn't be eating it, yet I craved it 
in mass amounts. So Mm -hmm. I was always aware that I was overweight through high school. And then when I went away for undergrad to university, I became much more aware because nobody wanted to date me or that's what I blamed it on was my weight. And that's when I started doing things like slim fast diets and Mm. weight watchers and you name it, I tried it, but no pills except for the slim fast shakes and no injections. So I was aware of it very much during university and undergrad. And I kind of yo-yoed with about the same 20 pounds. I'd go from 190 down to 170, back up to 190. I don't know, countless times, at least 20 times between grade nine and undergrad. And then when I finished undergrad and went to medical school, I moved to downtown Toronto and lived by myself. And then I really started eating for comfort and stress to deal with what I perceived were challenges of medical school and loneliness. So I I never was over 190 pounds, um, but just fluctuating with the same 20 pounds, you know, I'd exercise, I'd go on this exercise bender and exercise every day for three months and get down to 170 pounds. And then the food would sneak back up because there's always an excuse not to exercise and not what, watch what you're And when you're younger, you can exercise it off. Like a lot of people will find that they can moderate their overeating with exercise, but then as they get older, that doesn't work anymore. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. And depending on which rotation you're on in medical school, right? Um, you know, if you're on neurosurgery, you're just yeah. shoving your face full whenever you can, you know? Yes. So, and then when I finished medical school, I was probably about 175 pounds. I started residency and probably stayed about the same weight for the first year. And then I started dating my husband and we went out for dinner a lot. a lot we ate at a lot of restaurants we had a great time he had a job so we had an income and it was fantastic and I was back to 190 pounds before he knew it but we were engaged within a year of dating so over the next year I proceeded to lose weight and with the motivation of a wedding I weighed 160 pounds when I was married and felt amazing just by diet and exercise, um, but not doing any deeper work than that. And then I gained it all back within the next year after that. And then my brother got engaged. So then I lost weight again. And I was my lowest weight ever on his wedding day. In 2017, I was 151 pounds. And two weeks after my brother got married, my husband was diagnosed with MS. So... That was life-changing for both of us and changed a lot of our dreams that we had pre-planned. And a year later, I was back to 190 pounds because wine and junk food is the was my chosen way to deal with that. And then um, my weight just kind of fluctuated. And then I had three babies. And we got up to 229 pounds with my middle guy, Joel. And believe it or not, I did not birth a 30 pound baby. Um, I hate when that doesn't happen. No, I I had a 30 pounder in there or triplets, (laughs) but one seven pound baby came out (laughs) and the other 43 pounds were mine. (laughs) (laughs) That happened three times. And then... 
in 2017, October, my uh, middle guy went to kindergarten and my daughter asked me to play outside with her. She wanted to play soccer and I couldn't keep up with my two-year-old. And it really hit home that the boys were getting older and I can't play soccer with them and I can't get up and down off the floor and I'm saying no to all sorts of things that I want to do with them. I want to go swimming with them. I want to go to a water park and wear a swimsuit and not be covering my whole body the whole time. And I also want to be proud of my own body to teach them. So September 2017, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. And I literally woke up one day and decided I'm done being fat. Today's the last day. So that was not a good day. I ate all the Reese peanut butter cups I could find. <laughs> all the stashes were eliminated. Even the <laughs> secret, secret stash was eliminated. Yeah. And I started my journey. Amazing. Let's just go back really briefly to growing up with yeah. an overweight mother, overweight grandmother. What were the messages that were you know, pardon the pun, fed to you <laughs> yeah. about food and just what the purpose was of food. Because you mentioned that there was always healthy food to eat, yep. you know, like you're fed healthy food, but then there was obviously something else going on. So how do you think that that was initially solidified for you? Yeah, so scarcity is something that I was built into my childhood. My grandma and grandpa had six kids during like the you know, years when they struggled. So you never wasted food. You always ate your food. You conserved, you ate what was on your plate. You didn't argue about food, which was perfect in the 1950s. And my mom um, has always been overweight. She struggled with her weight. So growing up, she always cooked very healthy meals, meat, potato, vegetables sort of was our standard. We didn't have pizza or chicken nuggets back then because I'm so old. Right. <laughs> didn't even exist. Me too. Right. I'm just so old. There was no chicken nugget option. My mom had to eat. So the message always was though was that it my mom was always trying to lose weight. So I specifically remember she would go to something called TOPS, and I forget what the acronym stands for, but it's like women meeting to lose weight. And the theme of the week was chewing gum whenever you're hungry. Oh, so, right. I remember we had like packs of Trident gum all over the house. And I was like, yeah. what's with the gum? Like I was old <laughs> enough. I was probably 10. And I was like, what's with all this gum? And my mom said, you know, I'm just supposed to chew it when I'm hungry. And I'm like, that's weird. Why don't you just eat food when you're hungry? You know? well, so the message really was being larger is bad. Like this is a problem that needs to be solved. It was more like being larger is more difficult. It wasn't like it was bad or shameful. It was never that. It was being larger is more difficult. It is harder. So never, ever was I shamed for my weight or my mom never talked shamefully about herself. But it was more like it's harder to buy clothes if you're larger size or you can't get a box of hand-me-downs if you're larger size mm. or you don't really join the soccer team if you're larger size. You know, it wasn't really said, there was no shame in it or no. And how did you interpret that then? Like, well, I want to be on the soccer team, so I should be thinner? Or you're just like, great, then I won't play soccer. 
yeah, no, I was like, well, I guess I'm not playing soccer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of interesting because I, I didn't really let it bother me. I thankfully did not develop an eating disorder or anything or self-cutting or anything like that. But I remember shopping for my grade eight graduation dress and no way could I go to the stores that the other girls were going to, right? And I would just go with my mom and we'd go to the plus size store and I'd wear something that 50 year old lady would wear, mm-hmm. not, you know, not what the other kids were wearing. Yeah. So no, did way- that bother you? <sighs> I don't, not enough. Yes and no. So it bothered me, but I became self-protective and said, well, I don't want to wear that anyways, because Mm -hmm. it's too short or, you know, look at there, it's too low cut or that's not my style anyways. I wouldn't wear that. But to me growing up, I think being larger my whole life, it was just normal. It was like, never was there a time when I could wear that. Yeah. it wasn't like, well, I used to be able to wear that. So I should stop eating so I could wear it again. To me, it was just normal. Like my mom, my grandma were both big. I'm big. This is how life's going to be. This is how we are. Right. Just more. So it wasn't, it was like, maybe I could be a little smaller, but I'm always going to be like, you know, maybe I could get out of the plus store and wear a 16 or an 18. It was never imagined that I would be in a regular size clothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like it really kind of became more of a, you know, quote unquote problem for you, like something that you wanted to do something about once you went to college, when you went to university. Yeah. Then it became more like, okay, I really want to be 160 pounds. That's a a good number for me. It's still in the BMI overweight range, but I feel like I could wear size 16 clothes forever and that would be my destiny and I'd be, this would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Isn't it so funny how we think like it's that weight, that number on the scale or that size of clothes, like then I'm going to be golden. (laughs) As soon as I'm 160 pounds, I'm going to be golden. And actually one thing that happened was with the gaining and the losing of the weight was I felt like every time I lost weight for a while, bad things would happen. So So then it really became challenging with you to lose, to go beyond that number, because I'm like, something really bad is going to happen. Because every time I get down to this number, something, I don't know, which doesn't make any sense. And I've done all my thought work about that. But like, <laughs> every time I get to 160 pounds, something bad happens. So maybe the universe is saying you're not meant to be 160 pounds. And then I gained all the weight back. Right. So, so interesting, right? And it's such a good, it's like, well, hey, like the universe wants me. Yeah. The universe says, <laughs> you are destined for this. Yes. <laughs> okay. So interesting. So that leads us into this time. So you woke up, you're like, that's it, I'm done. You ate through all the stashes. So there yeah. were no more, even super, extra, super duper stashes, secret stashes. Yeah. <laughs> they were all gone. And, and then what happened from there? Actually, something totally amazing happened, and I believe it happened for a reason. I was sending a message to a girlfriend on Messenger, and all of a sudden, this ad popped up for Facebook, which it randomly does. And I actually don't even go on Facebook, so I didn't understand how it worked. But it was a Busy Moms Boot Camp, and it was at our local CrossFit gym, only about 15 minutes away from my house. 
because I live out in the country, so nothing's actually that close. And it was a six-week program, and you worked out three times a week with a group of other moms. So nobody was a fitness expert. Everybody was a mom with a toddler or baby. Three times a week, work out. And you also got to meet with a nutrition person. And I thought, well, who needs that? I already know how to eat. I'm a doctor. Of course I know how to eat. (laughs) So I thought, and it costs more money than I had ever spent on myself. So I said, I signed up for it. I just signed up for it. I didn't even ask my husband or tell my husband. I just signed up for it. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, wow, that was really dumb. (laughs) Why would I do that? (laughs) This is terrible. I'm like, I work shifts. I have a daughter who's at home. How am I going to make this work? And then 10 minutes after that, I walked over to my calendar and I wrote down the times and I switched my shifts and I switched my husband's appointments so he could watch my daughter. And I went to every single one of those classes and I figured it out. I figured it out because I said yes in that moment and I never looked back. I'm like, I spent the money and thank God it was non refundable. That that crossed my mind for one second. And I'm like, nope, you're going to go to the calendar. You're going to figure this out. Like your subconscious is leading you to this and you're done being fat. So this is how it's going to work. And uh, so I started CrossFit. That was a very hard day. October 2nd, 2017, I walked into a CrossFit gym wearing double XL pants and t-shirts that were skin tight, nervous, and scared because I didn't, I couldn't even do one push up or one jumping jack for that matter. And I thought, I'm going to walk in there. Everybody's going to be so fit. I had this big story I told myself about how awful it was going to be and how I would be the outcast. And you know what? I was the biggest person there and I didn't leave. I went back the next day. And after two weeks, a group of 20 women went down to four women and I was one of the four and I stayed every day. I've made it work even post midnights. I'd finish midnights and I would go to the CrossFit gym because I said I would. Wow. And I did it. And then when I finished, I signed up for the next six weeks because I said, if I stop now, the weight's going to come back on. And I'd, I'd only lost six pounds in six weeks, but I felt so much better knowing I was doing something. And then it occurred to me, hey, why don't I meet with the nutrition lady? (laughs) They they kept sending me emails and I was like, no, no, no. I'm much too busy for this. I already know. (laughs) And I met with her and, you know, she was telling me about calories and macros and all this stuff. And I'm like, yep, yep. She didn't know I was a doctor. So I just kind of sat there politely. And then she said, so I want you to eat high, high protein, high fat, low carb. And I was like, what's that now? (laughs) I was just like, blown away by the fact that I could eat cheese and bacon, if I gave up bread. And, and I was, and I was like, so there's, and I had to use, I used my fitness pal and but she gave me a breakdown. And I actually felt full on the food that she recommended. So I forgot to say the very first day I walked into CrossFit, I made a promise to myself that I would only eat food that I liked. I would never again eat things I did not like. So Mm -hmm. 
I do not like watermelon. I have not put watermelon in my mouth for two years. Even yeah. though on Weight Watchers, it was this big, awesome thing. I'm like, I don't <laughs> like it. I'm not eating right. it. I only yeah. eat food I like because it yes. fills the body. 100%. And I still do that. Amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to eat cottage cheese ever again. I never I have like it. <laughs> I just don't. I don't like eat it. fish. I don't. I have a whole list of things I don't like. Yeah, I, and just I don't eat them. I know. Great. Yes. (laughs) So you started eating the way she recommended. Yep. And then what? And working out still. And working out with my fitness pal. And actually, I wrote this down. So I joined in October, and by mid March, I'd lost 30 pounds, and I was feeling amazing. And I was so motivated. I'd even signed up for regular CrossFit. The boot camp part was over. And you know what? I went every day and I sucked at it big time. And I still went back the next day because people were very kind and could see that I was dedicated to doing it. And all that big story I told myself was all in my head and not actually factually based in the least. As it always is, right? As it always right. is. Like, they try really hard. <laughs> you know, my brain is very sneaky and, you know, it's like, I still can't do a pull up two years later. And <laughs> nobody, that's okay. Um, so then, mid March 2018, a girlfriend just randomly said, Hey, have you ever heard of Katrina's podcast? And I'm like, No, what's a podcast? Because I'm not the most technologically inclined person. And she loaded it onto my iPhone for me, the podcast app. And I, of course, didn't listen to it. And then about um, two weeks later, the same girlfriend sent me a message on Facebook. And it was about your podcast again. And it it was a group on Facebook saying, Katrina's podcast can really help with weight loss. And I was like, well, I'm doing so great. I might as well try listening to it. It's already on my phone. So I drove to work one day and I listened to your first podcast. And I bawled my eyes out. When I did you really? <laughs> I really, really did in the parking lot at work. I'm not even a crier, and I'm like, "How is she in my head? And how are all my secrets on this podcast? <laughs> because I am clearly the special flower that the only person on earth that has ever been through my journey. And why is she talking about them on this podcast?" And, <laughs> On the way home, I listened to two more episodes and like the next day I was up to episode 12 or something and I was hooked immediately. And in your early episodes, you talked about way back in the day, you did one-on-one coaching and I was like, how am I going to get me this? (laughs) (laughs) And then, I don't know, I let that go because I was really listening to your podcast and thinking, these are so helpful. This is so great. But of course, I didn't do any of the things you said to do. I just thought about them in my head. So right. I did. Like, I that's did, a good I, idea. I should do that. Totally <laughs> do that. Do it. <laughs> so I did it in my head. I had a bullet journal on this side, and I had a <laughs> journal on this side, and I had, like, for real. I was like, I don't know why she has to write this down. Like, my head is so good that I can just keep it all in there. So. I did that. And then um, 
I was listening one day in June and you said you, I had caught up to you then and you said you were releasing your new group. And again, it happened. I signed up and then I was like, I don't know what I just did. You know, <laughs> the same day. I'm I think like, that's good though. I think it's good to have that little bit of like a, or a lot of like that little panic kind of like, like it kind of takes your breath away a little, right? You're like, what did I do? Right in the moment I'm typing in my name and my credit card number and it's, I'm all calm. And like, after I go to the bathroom and then I come back and I'm like, I, who did that? (laughs) (laughs) Who moved my fingers in such a way that I signed up for them? But then I just thought to myself, this is clearly your next step. Like I never, ever thought of backing out. And I actually counted down till the start date in September. It was incredibly motivating to know that I had September coming up and it was actually perfect. I committed in June. I started in September. So I just kept listening to your podcast all summer, kept on track. Yeah. And it was great to have that sort of timeline really worked for me. Did you like having that time? Like to, you knew it was coming. You were kind of like preparing yourself with the podcast because some people like to deposit and then they know they have time. And then some people sign up right when it opens. Yeah. I think everything happens the way it happened for me worked out, but if it had started the next week, I would have been all in for that too. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Either way. The point I was in my journey being half, you know, starting weight loss on my own and then finding you and knowing instantly it was the right thing. I felt like I needed to do it. So if you had said it starts tomorrow, I would have been all in. And if you said it started in a year, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll just wait. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Let's talk about a little bit. You know, you were working, you were working out, you were working with the nutritionist, you're following all that. You're getting great results. So what was it that you felt like was missing that you heard in the podcast that made you go like, oh, and I need that too? Right. Yes. So I had kind of, I lost 30 pounds with the new, uh, it was only a two-time meeting with the nutritionist. So there was no ongoing support. It was my fitness pal, which quickly I grew bored of. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because that's boring and time consuming. So I had reached a plateau. I'd lost 30 pounds relatively quickly. And then I kind of was at the same weight for a month and doing, we went on vacation a couple of times and I'd come back and be 10 pounds heavier. And then I'd motivate myself to lose the 10 pounds, but it was very much what I'd already done before. So countless times in my life, I was able to rally and lose weight. And I knew this time was different because I'd really committed to myself and had the motivation from within myself. So there was no external factor, like your wedding's coming up, your brother's wedding's coming up. It was, there was no timeline. I'm done having babies. It wasn't like, get skinny so you can get pregnant. It was, there was none of that. It was just lose weight for yourself so you can live life the way you want to be. But the going on vacation and coming home, that very much resonated with me, like, that's going to happen again when I grew bored of CrossFit or when, you know, there's too many sangrias at a party. So (laughs) it just felt like I was keeping it together, but I was corralling like wild dogs and one would get out this way and one would get out that way. And I'm like, how am I going to keep them all in this pen? So then on your podcast, it very much was 
what I was missing. And the one that really hit home for me was scarcity. That was a very early on one that really hit home. And then food waste was another huge one. And even in my head today, I'm like, it's either wasted in the garbage or on your body. You pick. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't want it on my body. So I guess it's going in the garbage. <laughs> right. But I think the little quotes stayed with me and the thought work. And immediately I knew that keeping it all in my head was not going to work because the layers build on each other and you can't reflect. It's like, what was that quote I came up with four days ago? And it's gone. So that part's gone. Or what was that really awesome thing that that other person had in their coaching? You know, I should, it's just not referenceable. So Mm -hmm. that's the part that was really missing as well as the, the thing that's benefited me the most is having people understand my thought process and me being able to share that in a what I call a comfort zone. So me saying that, you know, I work shifts in Emerge and I get home at 1am and I eat, I well, I don't anymore, but I used to eat, you know, whatever was left over from dinner because a baby died at work. Well, I don't have to explain that to yeah. this group and to you, right? Yeah. I don't have to, yeah. and people are like, oh, baby died at work. And I'm like, yeah, I know. So I ate all this food. And they're like, right. yeah, you should totally eat all that food. <laughs> or they're still oh, back. I'm like, oh my God, the baby. And it's like, yes, but like here we're, t- t- we're talking about me. <laughs> right. And I'm like, yes, the baby died, but that is so independent from what goes in my mouth. Yes. But, that, right. you know, I felt really comfortable with a group of women doctors who knew what residency was and know what losing a patient is and having a difficult patient encounter and having challenges in their marriage and children with learning disabilities and also being on the same intellectual level with you in the group, right? Like, mm-hmm. It was a huge bonus. I don't need a 20-year-old telling me how to use my fitness pal. I'm like, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, good. I could probably watch a YouTube video on that. But having a group of women who have similar issues and similar things they want to talk about has been huge. I've learned just as much from other people as I have directly inciting into myself. Your own self. Yeah. That's so amazing. So you went through six months of the weight loss for doctors only program. And then what were at the end of those six months, what were your results in terms of weight and other benefits that you noticed? Absolutely. I'm so excited to share this. (laughs) uh, I started weight loss for doctors only September 24th, 2018. I remember the exact day and I weighed 145 pounds, which was my all-time lowest weight ever. And the day I finished, I weighed 124 pounds, which is just phenomenally unbelievable. For me, I wear a size six pants now, not a 16, a six. (laughs) And I'm a small, medium top, which is absolutely amazing. So that, and uh, I'm still that weight. If anyone wants to know my current weight, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But with that number came, I'm not going to say that came easy because it came with a lot of thought work about not my weight. I was already 
I, I love my husband. I've always loved my husband, but pretty much every day I thought about not having to deal with him. (laughs) (laughs) So that there was a lot of thought work, relationship work, all sorts of stuff we coached on. And now we're partners again. It's not me. It's not him. We're partners. So I'd say my marriage has completely turned around. Not that we were ever actually going to get divorced, but you know, you just wake up and you're like, don't talk to me. (laughs) 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 Don't even talk to me today. (laughs) Did you expect that kind of result when you signed up for the program? Or were you really just thinking like, this is just going to solve the weight issue for me? Not even close. No, I really just thought it was going to solve the weight. I really thought we were just going to coach on weight and what I was eating and how I was working out and my personal thoughts about things like, worldly things it never occurred to me that it would be actually relationship coaching and so specific right like actually really useful things that I could employ in my daily life Mm -hmm. um, my personal situation right I didn't have to work a nine-to-five job and have one child with a live-in nanny to make it work it's like no it just it applies to everybody and on top of my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children is phenomenal now. It's it's absolutely U-turn 100% different than it was a year ago. Most noticeably with my eldest child, we he has a severe learning disability. And I took that upon myself, both in terms of teacher role and mom guilt role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we probably coached for like two months on that. I was just going to say, I mean, what I want to say though, is like that this was not like, you know, I offered you like a little tidbit and you're like, I'm cured. Like you dug in and it was hard. It really worked hard. And I kept coming back at it with different thoughts and different angles. And I think I asked you for coaching literally every day on Ask Katrina for literally like a month when it was really bad. And then slowly it changed and it's still there, but not even close to where it was a year ago. And my son and I have fun and we have conversations and I'm still his mom. I still set the rules and that, but life has honestly changed because I cried at least once a week before with how am I going to guide my son through this? How, how did I cause this? How is this? How is his life going to be? Because it's everything is so hard for him. And a lot of scarcity about how his life is going to turn out. Um, and then me turning into scary mommy, who's like, telling him how awful things are going to be. And- <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Right. So the relationship with my entire family is completely different. And the way I exist every day in my own life and show up for myself is completely different. And having had the time losing weight before weight loss for doctors only, I can see now I would have gained it all back because I made the dietary changes and the food changes. And maybe I wouldn't have gained it all back, but I probably would have but there's no way I would ever have reached my current weight 
or my current life satisfaction score. Because I should also mention work was not my favorite thing either last year. (laughs) That was the first topic I tackled because of course it's all work's problem and I just need to find a new job. So I (laughs) controlled every specialty known to medicine to think what I could switch from in emergency. And I quickly came to reasons why I didn't want to switch for each one. And then I reached out to you for help and you said, you know, here's what we're going to do and here's your action plan and how we're going to guide through this. And I was like, well, I don't think it's going to work, but I guess I better do it because... And I love that because that has always been my brain when I'm being coached. I'm like, that's never going to work. But I'm, I mean, all right, I guess fine. Katrina, <laughs> like really? I could have thought of that by myself. <laughs> I'm like... If only it were that simple. Uh, Obviously, you've never been to an emergency room. (laughs) But I guess I'll try it this one time. (laughs) And because when I started Waldo, as you know, I was 100% dedicated. Anything you said to do, I did it. I still do it in master's. It's not even questionable anymore. I gave up questioning you. But even right from the start, I'm like, okay, well, she says to do this, so do it. And I show up to work every day with a smile on my face. I have raving patient reviews, raving resident reviews. My colleagues are notice a huge change, not only in my weight, but my attitude. And that doesn't mean I go in all Pollyanna, happy, everything's happy. Oh, you just stepped on my foot and my foot's broken. Yay, this is okay. It's like, no, I still get upset and angry, but I I own those emotions and feel them. And I don't walk around wanting to quit my job every five minutes, Yeah, which is huge. So really every aspect of my life changed. Yeah, that's yeah. so great. And I think, you know, I think I can say it enough times where I'm like, listen, yeah, we do the weight stuff, but it's everything else. It's so great to hear it from someone else. Absolutely. Right? Like, I, I feel like I say it all the time, but... You, you know what? I, at first, I didn't believe you either because I was like, no, it's just about the weight. Because <laughs> if I weighed 140 pounds, work would be good because I'd be wearing smaller scrubs. I have nothing to complain about. Yeah. No, the world would be magically better if I was in size medium scrubs. You know, yeah. I'm like, wait, that doesn't even make any sense. So. Right. <laughs> You know, yeah. when you step back and think, it's like no brain. That's yeah. not how it works. But and honestly, within the program, I mean, we mostly coach on things outside of food, especially That's- at a certain point. You know, like sometimes I'll be thinking, like, you know, I haven't talked about food in a while, which just proves the point even further how it's so much more than just about the food, right? If it were just about the food, then focusing on macros and my fitness pal and all the things, like then that would solve the problem. And it just, Absolutely. for most people, all those, doesn't. Yeah. yeah, all those other weight loss programs would work if it's just about the food. And when you start Weight Loss for Doctors Only, you know, the first like month, you're all up in your head about what can I eat? What can I not eat? And then you quickly realize that that's unimportant because we're all intelligent physician females. Like you already know what to eat. So yeah. Just it's not hard to to sort that out. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, okay, now I got to really dig in. Like, like yeah. what what's recently been going on, because we had a, a new group start is they're like, wait, why am I feeling all of these emotions? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, wait, is this who I really am? And that's when we start digging in. 
on yeah. all the other things, like all the reasons why you are angry or frustrated or all the other emotions that are there. And it's interesting because your automatic assumption in mind too is it's the negative emotions. But I remember one of the big aha moments for me in the first two months was, wait a minute, I don't just eat for the negative emotions. I eat for the positive emotions too. Yeah. Like, and that was huge. And I did too. Sure the big time. group will yeah. get there, right? Like, yay, I got a promotion. Let's have some wine and go yes. for dinner. I'm like an all emotion eater. <laughs> I don't discriminate. <laughs> and, and I didn't identify myself as an emotional eater before. Um, yeah. But now I can totally see how I was. Yeah, yeah. So, so you finished the six months and then that was right when we were starting the master's program. So continuation program. And for a variety of reasons, you decided not to sign up right away to focus on some things at home and then decided the next time it opened up to sign up. So take us through your kind of foray into maintenance. My foray into maintenance. That sounds so formal. Because <laughs> maintenance is really where the rubber meets the road. I mean, this yep. is the real deal. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I was lucky. I reached my goal weight about um, six weeks before the Waldo program ended. So I had a bit of maintenance there. And then probably for the first month, no, two months of maintenance on my own, it all went very well. I continued with my thought downloads and ate, you know, but I I had this magic thought in my head that I was cured. And I'm like, okay, I did this program. I'm all good. You know, this is great. This has been great. And then slowly and steadily, a day got busy and I'd not do my thought work that day. And, you know, that was fine. I could do it the next day and everything would be fine. And then we went on vacation. And then, you know, I didn't do my thought work for like three days in a row. And I, you know, that was okay. And I, you know, didn't gain any weight on the vacation. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I just don't feel like it today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on myself today. That's fine. I'll just do double tomorrow. And then very slowly, my primitive brain fed me more and more talk. So then it became, well, you know, like it's your birthday and your grandma made you these cookies. So it's kind of rude not to eat one. So I guess I should eat one because, you know, I could eat a cookie because I've already reached my goal. And now I should be able to eat everything because I, I did it right. I beat it. I'm, I'm now a naturally thin person. So after that, I quickly realized that my thought work wasn't done and that I'd peeled away probably the first two layers of the onion, but my onion is never ending. It's, <laughs> it is the biggest onion you could ever imagine. <laughs> With the thinnest layers, onion. right? <laughs> yeah, it's not one of those little cocktail onions. No, no, sir. This is a ginormous onion. <laughs> um, and as soon as you opened up, masters again I signed up that day and I didn't even have that what have I done I had a giant sense of relief like thank goodness and immediately that day again I had about a month before the program started I started right back where I left off it was I don't know what the thought was that exact moment but I think it was I can't wait to get to the next layer of the onion and the first 
three months of masters, there have been so much onion peeling going on here that it's absolutely incredible. It's just, and there really is like even when you're at your goal weight, yeah, like there's more work to be done. Yep. And you were just talking before we even started recording, how I was saying to you, like, I'm committed to growing myself as a human being for the whole rest of my life. And so if that's part of the deal, then we don't need to be so focused on figuring out the end point, like when this problem is quote unquote solved necessarily. Like for some people, they do find that they are living naturally like that naturally thin person. And other people are like, I've got more work to do. And you know, yeah. when you're not so worried about when the end point comes, then you can just dig in and start getting going. Yeah, exactly. And, and I know what happens. Like by the end of your life, you'll know how this story ends. Exactly. <laughs> and part of the scarcity issues I've dealt with is the time scarcity because, you know, there's no point in living every day like you're going to die next year. We don't, we don't get to decide that. So I'm I'm now living the best life that I want to live for the rest of my life. And I know in order to keep that way, there's going to be more layers of the onion to peel back. And is the weight thing easy now? No. Is it significantly better than it was last year? Absolutely. So actually, I would change that. It definitely is almost easy now. So there's challenging <laughs> times. Um, and, mostly you know, easy with a few challenges from time. Mostly easy with a few challenges spiced in there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> just keep me on my toes. So, you know, my goal is to stay under 130 pounds, and I do that 99 out of 100 days. And you know, whether it's 127 or 126, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But when it creeps up to 131, I know it's okay. Time to dig in deeper. Yeah. Reach out to Katrina. Something in my subconscious is going out yeah. here. And that's such an important point, right? Because the weight isn't like, oh, shoot, I'm eating the wrong food. Like maybe I need to fast in this way or something. It's yeah. like, no, what's going on in my brain? Like the scale is just a reflection of what's happening in your brain. And when you really recognize that, it's like you don't even need to worry about losing those couple pounds because they will go away once you're managing your brain again. Absolutely. And I totally did not believe you when you used to say that. I was like, I don't think so, Katrina. It's because I had too much salt yesterday uh, and my period's coming. But okay, you can believe that. But now I'm like, no, it's definitely that. So I think of the scale as the gas gauge on my car. So when I reach 130, I'm at a quarter tank. And when it's 131, that little blinker on my dash is going mm. on. I get gas. And it's to me, it's like, something is going on. And I don't, sometimes it takes four or five days to figure it out. And then I'm like, Oh, aha. It was because of that. Like, it's not like I sit down and magic happens. It's like, okay, just try to be more aware. Yeah. 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 Another thing that I thought would be nice for you to talk about is the friendships that you've created while you're within the master's program, because we do meet in person. And I know you have a story of reaching out to somebody and creating relationship with someone. So I, if you'd be willing to share, I would love for you to share that because I think it really makes a big difference. Like a lot, a lot of physicians really feel very like kind of socially awkward or feel like they just don't really know how to put themselves out there. Do they really want that connection or not? So I, I thought that would be nice for you to talk about that a little bit if you could. That sounds great. Hi to my new friend, Megan, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So I 
My lowest strength is woo, which for those of you who don't know means I don't like to socialize and put myself out there, but I'm all in and I do whatever the program entails. So I came to Masters Live and I thought, I'll just sit in the back. This is fine. I'll just observe what's going on and I'll call my kids at lunch and everything's fine. And then the seats were predetermined and I was like, oh boy, (laughs) this is great. (laughs) You know? I met a few people and talked and, you know, that was good. And I thought these are great people to talk to, but I don't, you know, I'm not super connecting with any of them. And then one of my fellow masters posted on Ask Katrina, Ask for Coaching, about something that made her feel very vulnerable about posting about. And I honestly could have written the post myself. So instant connection, I'm getting goosebumps right now for that instant connection. And I thought, now, how did she get in my brain? Because <laughs> I don't have room for all these What's people. What's going on right now? Right? <laughs> now I already got Katrina. Now I got Megan up here and, you know, and I didn't have a way to contact her. So I posted back on your coaching site saying, I 100% hear you, sister sent, you know, my details and we were able to connect through the master's group because that's part of the master's program is being able to contact each other. And since then, I don't know, we're like sisters separated at birth. I was just texting her before this recording and I'm like, what have I done? (laughs) She's super supportive, but We've sort of found a way we don't, we live four time zones apart from each other. We send messages for each other sometimes. And we also reach out for in life support if we're having a bad moment. So it's, that's been a new facet for me. Um, Probably only over the last three or four weeks has that happened since Masters Live and I'm just on this roller coaster now, right? It's up and down and sideways and back around. And this is one of the high points that, you know, Megan was brought into my life. And I'm truly thankful to have another person to help grow my journey and challenge me on more levels, right? Because I I just feel like it's all, it, it sounds overwhelming to someone new who might be just starting a weight loss journey, but you have to remember as I peel the onions off one, I'm putting onions onto another ball or whatever I'm starting because, you know, I started with CrossFit and boot camp, and then I added, you know, eating a certain way, and then I added your podcasts, and then I added Waldo, and then I added Masters, and then I added, you know, Lynn and then Sarah, who are two other coaches who help with Masters. And then now I'm adding Megan and I feel like although this onion over here is the quote bad pile, I'm peeling away, this onion over here is the good pile and I'm it's getting bigger. Yeah. And I just look at this as part of my team. And for anyone who's done Waldo, you should immediately sign up for Masters <laughs> because I'd love to meet you. I'll be the person in the back not talking, but come on over <laughs> and talk to me. <laughs> Makes you feel better. Woo is my lowest too, and I know it is. This is why we're the same person as you. We're so good together. (laughs) Woo is so bad, but no. Immediately, you should if if even if you've done Waldo five years ago or last week, you should immediately sign up for Masters because you're not done. 
you're not done. And even if you have more weight to lose, that's not the point. It's the thoughts that lead to the weight. And FYI, I've already signed up for the next master's. <laughs> and I did not ask you to say that. <laughs> Your honest opinion here. Yeah. I actually sought you out to sign up for the next master's. And I was like, I know this is a big thing. I want to do this. But what I love about you reaching out to Megan is that, you know, that puts you out of your comfort zone big time. 100%. It's really, really important to me that in my program, if I'm going to facilitate some sort of communication amongst the members, that it's meaningful, true, a true meaningful relationship, not just this thing on Facebook where it's kind of like, you know, we're encouraging each other, but I couldn't really call you if I was really struggling, right? Because you can feel like there's a lot of people around you, but still feel very isolated and lonely. It's very easy for you to just kind of, you know, hide in the, in the background, you know, and, and I think, you know, you can still do that within the master's program if you want to, but I think that the opportunity to really create a meaningful relationship, even if it's with one person, I think is really, really great, especially when you have women physicians who have very busy lives. And like you were saying, a lot of people don't understand what our lives are like, or a lot of people get all weird and feel intimidated. I was always so confused about that. I'm like, I don't get that at all, but okay. You know, (laughs) I'm just like any other mom, you know, me too. (laughs) Just all these other elements that, that play into it to be able to bring together women who have so much in common not even just like the career stuff, but the things that they work on that they're struggling with, they're, you know, all these women are working on their overeating issue too, and the food and all of that, like, that is really, really priceless. Like you said, like four time zones away, how would you have developed this otherwise? Like, that's the point, you know? So, So I just think of it as it's available to those who are interested in having it. And I'm so glad that you went out on a limb and did that. That's so great. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, I think of master's as we're all, we're like a herd of zebras who are running because we're all special flowers, like our own little zebra. <laughs> but Megan's the zebra I would call if I fell. Yeah. So if I tripped, I'd be like, hey, Megan. And she'd be the one to stop and come back and be like, okay, let's get up. Let's keep going. Let's do it. This is the direction we're heading in. And hopefully I provide the same for her. Um, yeah. But it's, it's truly amazing. And you know, we find friends in the most random spots. And I've never met my friend, Megan, but I will soon. Yeah. Yay. Super fun. Super fun. So as we're kind of tying this all up, thank you so much for sharing your whole story. It's just, it's going to help so many people. I just really appreciate that. If you had kind of parting words, you know, you have somebody who's a physician who's struggling with her weight, who is maybe just coming across this podcast Maybe hasn't, you know, you, you had already been like on the journey of losing weight, but maybe, you know, she is just kind of like, I don't know, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm at that point where I'm completely like have had it yet, but I'm trying to sort it all out. Do you have like a piece of advice for her or a certain thought or something that you would want to impart? Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've done to myself is commit to myself. So I made the commitment that I was doing this and I did, I had no idea the path that it was going to take. And I still don't have any idea where I'm going in the future, but I have faith that I can figure it out and that things will come by that I need when I need them. So I think if you're listening to this podcast, 
you need, you know, you want to commit to yourself, but something's holding you back. And I think you should just do it. Just honestly, figure it out, do it, make the time work, make the finances work. Don't ask for permission from people to do it. Sign up like you're the boss of your life and do it and make that your priority. It doesn't matter if you have toddlers or a boss who won't listen or you can't take your, or you have to eat out for lunch. None of that matters. What matters is making your life better and saying, I'm doing this for me because I love me. Yeah. Oh, such great words. Thank you, Brenda. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Thank you for everything you do, Katrina. You're changing lives. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.